Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that He has called you to do. How's everybody doing? You like surrendering to Jesus? Okay, good. Oh, I have a watch, too. Here we go. Some of you are like, is it over? No, dude. We're just start getting started. <laughs> if you got to go somewhere, like, knock yourself out. But this isn't that kind of church. We're the, we're the long-haul church. Marathon church. Going to need some endurance church. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of which... That's this morning's message. Open your Bible to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, very famous verse. It said, let uncommon church not grow weary of doing good. In due season, we will reap if we don't give up. Did you notice this? If you're doing good, don't get tired of doing good. Normally, you would think that Paul, the apostle Paul got that verse wrong. If you're doing bad, just keep working. No, he's saying if you're doing good, keep on keeping on. Don't grow weary in doing good. Now, let me put the verse in context because I don't like giving verses out of context. In this chapter, Paul is talking about sowing and reaping. If you sow corn, you're going to reap corn. And in verse 7, Paul said, God will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So Paul says, don't sow in the flesh. Don't sow sin. Don't sow fear because you will reap a harvest of the flesh. You sow a little bit of flesh, you're gonna get a lot of it back. You're gonna get a lot more sickness, a lot more fear, a lot more anxiety, a lot more addiction, a lot more trouble, and a lot more sin if you sow into the flesh. But then he says, sow into the Holy Spirit. Sow into the Holy Spirit. Sow a little bit of the Holy Ghost, you're gonna get a huge harvest of faith, of peace, of joy, of holiness, of, of power, of wisdom, of God's goodness. Sow a little bit, you're going to get a lot. So if you've been sowing in the Spirit, don't give up. If you've been doing good, don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Basically, he's saying there's a great harvest coming. So, so get the combine, get the tractor, get them fueled up. And I want you to get ready to receive a mighty harvest of what you have been sowing recently. And the only way for me to make sense of the last 18 months is that we as a people need to sow in the Spirit so that we will reap a harvest of more of God's Spirit. But can I let you in on a little secret? The devil wants you to give up. The devil wants you to grow weary. The devil does not want you to reap a harvest of the Spirit of God. It's, it's literally one of the tactics of the enemy. In Daniel chapter 7, Daniel's having this amazing vision of the end times. And he's specifically talking about the fourth beast and the ten horns. And one of the ten horns is going to attack the people of God. And in Daniel 7.25, he said, He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High God. The devil wants to wear you down and wear you out. It's literally one of his tactics. He wants you to sow into the flesh and not into the spirit. But did you notice that Paul's like, hey, if you're doing good, keep on doing good. Just don't get tired of doing good. Sometimes, isn't it like, if you'd be totally honest, be like, you know what? I'm just tired of being a good person. Every once in a while, I want to flip out and freak out and be a bad person. I'm tired of going to church all the time. I'm tired of going to you group. I'm tired of, you know, serving on a dream team. A lot of you are so tired of serving on a dream team, you don't anymore. Oh, snap. When the Bible says, 
when you're weary, just don't give up. You gotta have stamina to run this race to the finish line. And the finish line is in heaven when Jesus picks you up in his arms and gives you a big Jesus bear hug. So we need endurance to have developed that level of stamina. So I wanna define the word stamina. Merriam-Webster defines stamina as the ability to endure through prolonged, difficult effort. But for the purposes of this message today, I'm gonna define stamina as the ability to do your best even when you're not at your best. Stamina is the ability to do your best even when you're not at your best. And I wanna give you some keys on how to develop more of this endurance, how to develop more stamina by literally using the word stamina as an acrostic. So we're gonna take that S and it means we need to develop our strength. Strength is coming from the inside. We've gotta dig down deep on the inside, not the outside. This isn't physical strength. This isn't financial strength. This isn't wisdom strength. This is the strength that God puts on the inside of you because you're a lot stronger on the inside of you than on the outside, and you're a lot stronger than you think you are. Ephesians, Paul said this to the church in Ephesus, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, uncommon church, to be strengthened with what? Power through what? His spirit, where? In your inner being. So if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling like you can't do another 18 months, dig down deep on the inside, because maybe you have been leaning on the outside strength, wisdom strength, financial strength, physical strength. And Paul's saying your true strength comes from the Holy Spirit on the inside. We need to draw our strength for endurance from our inner being. Stamina comes from stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's like doing push-ups for your spirit man on the inside. So pray in the power of the Holy Spirit so that he might make you strong on your inside man. Another verse that's super famous, Philippians 4.13, I can do some things through Christ who strengthens me a little. What? No, no, no. I can do, oh, snap. I can do all things. Say all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So nothing is impossible for God because you can do all things. You plus God is the majority. You are a conqueror. He is the conqueror. You are more than a conqueror because he gave you his $75 million of victory money to take a victory lap and mock the devil. This sounds encouraging, but like, is it super practical? Not yet, but it's about to be after I read Colossians 1.11. Being strengthened with power according to his glorious spirit and might for the endurance and patience with joy. Now this is where it gets practical. We walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We develop stamina. We strengthen our endurance through patience and joy. You wanna have stamina in the Holy Ghost? Learn to be patient with people. Pastor Brad, this morning, before service, we've gotta grow a thicker skin with people. And we have to learn to forgive people much more quickly than we forgive people. We've got to learn to honor people for no other reason that every single person on this earth has been created in the image of God, even if you disagree with them politically, even if you disagree with them medically, even if you disagree with them on their sports team, 
You honor them because of who they are. They represent, they bear the image of God. They're, they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we've got to learn to have more patience with people. We've got to learn to believe the best in people. That when we see people cut us off on 183 in that white pickup truck, because it's always a white pickup truck that cuts us off in the right lane, can I get an amen? We've got to bless them. And then it's Texas, so we can say, I'll bless your little heart. And you know what you mean. A huge key to stamina and walking in the Holy Spirit power is patience, and the second one was joy. We need to choose joy. Choose joy when they cut you off. Choose joy in the morning. Choose joy when you're brushing your teeth. Choose joy when you're paying bills. Choose joy when somebody that you disagree with says something stupid that makes your skin crawl. Just choose joy. Don't argue. Choose joy. When, when your boss has you work extra, choose joy. Uncommon church staff, choose joy. <laughs> Just choose joy. Don't let anything steal your joy. Your joy is yours to hold on to, but it's also yours to get rid of if you choose to allow it to be taken from you. Joy unspeakable. You, you don't understand why. It's beyond your natural understanding. You choose Holy Spirit joy. Why? Because that patience and that joy will strengthen you on the inside. Stamina is spelled patience and joy. Speaking of the spelling of the word stamina, let's look at the T. You want endurance? You want stamina? How do you spend your time? Because every single day, you've got 24 hours. You've got 1,440 minutes. It's time matters, and how you manage your time matters. How much sleep you get matters. How much time you spend watching Netflix matters. How much time you spend, and everything you do matters. So we need to learn to steward our time well. And can I just give you a little secret? If you're, um, if you're not sure how to manage, I can give you a key to how you should manage part of your time. Never ask God to be a part of your problem if you will not ask him to be a part of your day. Just leave that up for a moment. Never ask God to be a part of your problem if you're not willing to ask him to be a part of your day. Because when problems come up, if you're smart, you'll drop to your knees. If you're really smart, you would have already been there. Because too often we treat God like some sort of cosmic bail bondsman. And it's like, well, we're in trouble and the walls are crashing in, so I better cry out to God. Dude, he wants to be with you in the valley, but he also wants to be with you on the mountaintop. He wants you to be in the darkest hour, but he also wants to be with you in your best hour. God loves you. He's crazy about you, and he just wants to hang out with you. And so often, we wait for the stuff to hit the fan before we cry out to him. Learn to invest your time in prayer, in worship, and in just being with God. Isaiah put it this way, those that wait on the Lord will renew their what? Those that wait on the Lord. So, so many times people are like, well, pastor, I just feel so weak in my faith. Have you been waiting on the Lord? Because the Bible says, if you wait on the Lord, you will renew your strength. You'll mount up like a wing of eagle and you're gonna soar. You're gonna run, but even in running, you won't grow weary. You might get faint, but you're not going to give up. Endurance, stamina, these things are grown. They're developed like muscles. How? By learning to wait on the Lord. Now, I know I'm talking about time, but this word wait in the ancient Hebrew is not necessarily like a, 
like a wait for one hour, you know, wait for 37 minutes. It's, it's not a specific time. It's like a season. It's like a longing. It's like a looking forward to with hope. It's like I'm looking forward to the winter. I, I, I'm waiting on my birthday. I'm waiting on Christmas. I'm looking forward to with hope that the, some of you like, it's a vain hope that the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's like you're looking forward. You're waiting on Adam Schefter said that the Cowboys are an actual Super Bowl contender. And I was like, oh, Adam. <laughs> You've let your wife deceive you. Ah, Genesis 3 joke in there, huh? How do we wait on the Lord? In prayer. So while you're learning to manage your time, make sure that you've invested, that you've stewarded time in prayer. It doesn't need to be six hours, but if you can get up, brush your teeth, go to school, go to work, do some laundry, go to bed, and not spend five or 10 minutes in prayer, God is not a priority in your life and you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus. You need to surrender your time to the Lord Jesus. No wonder you don't have endurance. No wonder you don't have stamina. Your time priorities are wrong. Draw near to the Lord on the good days. He will draw near to you on the bad days. We're gonna break down the word stamina. S is how we strengthen ourselves. T is how we spend our time. A is what does our attitude look like? Because if we sow in the flesh, we will reap in the flesh. But if we sow in the spirit, we're gonna reap more of the Holy Spirit. This has never been more true than with our attitude. And the Apostle Paul put it this way to the church in Philippi, you must, uncommon church, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Not the attitude of anger, not the attitude of control and manipulation, not the attitude of an orphan, not the attitude of sickness and weakness, the attitude of hope, the attitude of compassion for others, the attitude of holiness, the attitude of victory, the attitude of faith. We have to have the attitude of Christ Jesus. And people are like, oh yeah, pastor, preacher, man, but they were talking about Jesus, man. We're not talking about little old me. Where does Jesus' spirit live? In your inner man. Paul went on to say to the Ephesians, you know that the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Some verses just drip. And I don't mean drip like you just got new shoes. I mean some verses drip and it's a play on words. He's like, you will be filled with fullness. If you really learn to sow in the spirit, if you really learn the love of Christ, it's gonna surpass even your own knowledge and he's gonna fill you with fullness. He's gonna take the fullness that he's put into you and he's gonna squish it down and he's gonna pour some more on top. How does that happen? Through the love of Christ in your heart. You can have the attitude of Christ because he has put more in you than you think. He's gonna fill you with his fullness. So there should be no fear. You should not have a thought in your head that Jesus wouldn't have put in there. He's gonna give you the stamina. He's gonna strengthen your endurance so that you can run the race to the very end. Why, how? He's gonna fill you with fullness and it's gonna be reflected in your attitude. So you, 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 can't, you have to be willing to run your race to the very end. Okay, people will often tell me, well, preacher, I just feel like I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Yeah. Probably. If there's an end to the rope, it probably is your rope. 
because there ain't no end to Jesus's rope. So stop holding on to your rope and hold on to the Jesus rope. You, there's more in you than you think. Let me put it this way. When the Navy SEALs take candidates out to San Diego for BUDS training, they, they teach the 60-40 rule. See, when God created us, he, he, he's so smart. God is so good. He created us to protect ourselves from extreme exhaustion, failure, so that when we're doing physical things that are traumatic, warfare, you know, battle, uh, maybe work to provide for our families, we get to a place where our body and our mind is like, we're done. And we go into self-protect mode. But what scientists have figured out and what the Navy SEALs teach is that when your body and your mind shut down and they're like, dude, we're done, we're good, you're only at 60%, you still have 40% more left in your tank. That there's a reserve for you to overcome the mental pain and overcome the physical pain and you still have 40% more left in your tank. And if that's true for Navy SEALs, how much more true is it for spirit-filled believers? That when you think you can't, you can. When you think you can't, he has filled you with his fullness. Let that be your attitude. Renew your mind, renew your thoughts to have the attitude of Christ Jesus. S is strength, T is how you spend your time, A is your attitude, M is your mission. So many people flounder in life because they're not living according to the mission. God has called you, he's created you to live on mission. And at Uncommon Church, every member is a minister. Some of you are gonna learn that in Growth Track 2 in just a few minutes. Every member is a minister of the gospel. The two greatest days in your life, number one, the day you were born, Number two, the day you realize why you were born. You are a puzzle piece. You are unique. Some of you are very unique. <laughs> and you are interconnected to one another, but there's only one you. There's only one you that fits in that puzzle piece slot. And you've been created by God to do things for God. A hammer has a purpose. It has a mission. A pencil has a purpose. It has a mission. The chair you're sitting in, it has a purpose, it has a mission. You matter, you have a mission. God has created you to do amazing things on the earth that only you can do. So spend some time and figure out what God has equipped you with. Spend some time. And if, if you can't figure out anything, out, like, well, I don't know what I'm created for or why I'm here, I will give you a couple of gimmies for everybody. Number one, you were created to worship. God created rocks, God created trees, God created animals, but none of those things were created to worship like you were. That's your job. They can't worship the way that you can. They don't have the free will that you have. They don't have the voice that you have to lift your heart and lift your hands and lift your voice. So next time the worship team and everybody's worshiping God and you just don't feel like it, do it anyway because a rock and a tree and, a, and an animal can't cry out to God and worship him the way that you can. Another thing that you were created for was to be a light in the darkness. People today are groping about in darkness because more now than ever before, people just don't know that God is real. They don't know that the Bible is true. If you believe that God is real, if you believe that, that heaven is real, if you believe in angels, if you believe that the devil is real, if you believe in hell, if you believe in demons, if you believe that the Bible is true, in this world today, you are now an extremist, fundamentalist whack job. And I, I love it because I simply believe in the ancient truths of the Bible. I'm so crazy. I believe that God is real. And that he's created each one of us for a purpose. So your response should be to serve on a dream team. Serve in our children's ministry. Serve in our tech team. I was watching this camera. It wasn't operated today because we didn't have enough operators. 
Serve on the worship team. Serve on the prayer team. Serve in the parking lot. Serve. You've been created with a reason. Stamina is developed by staying faithful to the mission that God's called you. Mission gives you hope. Mission gives you purpose. Even when you don't feel like it, mission renews your strength. S is how we spend our strength. T is how we spend our time. A is our attitude. M is the mission. I is our inspiration. If we look at the Bible and we look at ancient history, obviously ships and boats and things, there were no motors, there was no combustion engine, there was no diesel engine. The only way that ships moved around was by opening up their sails and allowing the wind to push their sails. Wind is the inspiration. Wind is that thing that, that we, we put out our sails and we allow things, we allow people, we allow music, we allow things to inspire us and push us. So two questions, who inspires you? What inspires you? You have to define these things because if not, you'll live a life that's uninspired. So who? Surround yourself with people that inspire you. Surround yourself either in real life with friendships that you sit down with, you talk with, you eat with, or digitally. People in your life that, 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 that inspire you via podcasts or inspire you via their, their, their books or their art. People that inspire you to keep pressing on. And you have to remove negative people. If there's anybody in your personal life or in your digital life that does not inspire you to do what God's called you to do, you've got to remove them. Number two is what, what inspires you? What is it that cranks your tractor? And if, find out what it is and then make sure you include it in your life. And the, the unique thing is that's different for everybody. For some people it's worship. Just by being in worship and singing the songs, it inspires you. For some, it's prayer. You're here every Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night, we had a Holy Ghost hoedown. People were prophesying over each other and releasing words of the prophetic. It was, it was fun. Y'all should come on Wednesday nights. It's, it was amazing. Uh, maybe it's Bible study. You, you've got to study the Word of God. Why? Not because you have to, but because it inspires you. It puts air into your sails and pushes you deeper. Maybe it's world missions. I, I've got to take the gospel to people, all every tribe, every tongue, every nation. It inspires you. We need inspiration to keep running the race to the very end. We also need to take this message to the very end, so let's move on. The N is nourishment. You're gonna run a race, you're gonna need to eat some daily bread. You're gonna run a race, you gotta have something feeding you. What feeds your heart? What feeds your soul? And this also is different for everybody. One thing that everybody needs is rest. Everybody needs to take a break from work. Everybody needs to work six days and then take a rest on the seventh. Pastor Jeff was talking about this a few weeks ago. Whether from your paid job, from your volunteer job, from your job around the house, from your laundry, you've gotta take one day and just rest. And in those times of rest, what nourishes you? Because if you're going to run a marathon, talk about stamina, you've got to have some, some bread. You've got to have some meat. You've got to have some nutrients. Some people need solitude. Some people need amazing scenery. Some people need to go fishing. Some people need to paint something. Some people need to write a song. Some people need to go for a long run. It's different for everybody, but what nourishes your soul? And just a final pro tip here. Everybody's soul is nourished by daily bread. Everybody needs to be in the Bible every day. Too many Christians are malnourished because the only Bible they consume is what I give them on Sunday morning for 28 minutes. It's not enough. And spiritually, the body of Christ is malnourished. You have a phone, you have an app. You can read the Bible every day. You don't have to read for five hours, but you do need to read for five minutes. And if you're new to this Jesus stuff, start in John. Read the story of Jesus. Continue on to Acts. Watch it spread all across the world. 
We've talked about S being our strength, T being our time, A being our attitude, M being our mission, I being our inspiration, N being our nourishment. The last is A, it's action. Stamina helps keep you going one step more when you think you can't. When you feel like you are at your last step, I double dog dare you to take another step because of God's inner strength in you, you have what it takes to keep moving forward. And sometimes people are like, Pastor, I just, I just have to stop, take a break spiritually. Standing still spiritually is backsliding. Standing still spiritually is backsliding. Huh? I'm not running backwards away from God. No, but the kingdom of God is moving forward. Matthew chapter 11, from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people keep attacking it. God's kingdom is always advancing, never retreating. So as a, as a believer in the most high God, you've got to always be walking and moving forward. Sometimes we run, sometimes we walk, but always keep moving forward in the actions that God has set before you. Don't ever quit, don't ever get up. Even if it's a baby step, keep taking steps. Remember the two verses that we opened with a few minutes ago. Galatians 6, let us not grow weary in doing good. In due season, you're gonna reap a harvest. God is not gonna be mocked. And if you reap faith, if you reap the Bible, if you reap prayer, if you reap holiness, if you reap time praying in the Holy Ghost, you're gonna get an amazing harvest of that. Just don't reap sin. Don't reap, I mean, don't sow sin. Don't sow anger and fear and resentment and unforgiveness. You're gonna get a big harvest of that. And the last verse I'll give you, Philippians 4, we read it earlier. I can do all things through Christ who won. Hop up on your feet. We'll pray for you and encourage you. Listen, sometimes the race is not pretty. You know, like it doesn't have to be a pretty race. Sometimes you might run with a limp. Sometimes you might walk. But in the parable, Matthew chapter 25, the master said to the servant, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice that it says, well done not well run. Sometimes the race doesn't look good. Just keep running. Don't stop. Well done means you break that finish line. You crawl across the finish line if you have to, but you keep moving forward. So if you're here this morning and you've been struggling, you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you feel like you have no stamina, you have no strength, you have no endurance, I want to encourage you, yes, you can. You have the power of Christ's love strengthening you in your inner man. And too often people give up and they rely on their own strength instead of relying on God's strength. We need Jesus on the inside. He is our strength. Let me just talk real with you. So going to church does not mean you have surrendered to the love of Christ. Watching a YouTube stream is great. Does not mean you have surrendered to the love of Christ. It's interesting that this whole day has been about surrendering. Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. Let that be true of your heart, your mind, your work, your finances, your school, your relationships, your, what you look at on your phone and on your computer and tablet, how you spend your time. These things matter. So my advice, my double dog dare, is that you submit and surrender to the love of Christ. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. 
spiritual Bible word is to repent. It means we're, we're going this way and I make a 180 degree change and now I'm, I'm pursuing Jesus. I'm leaving my, my old life and my desires and my sin in the past as I run hard after Jesus. So I wanna pray for you and I wanna encourage you. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're not right with God, your priorities are out of whack, you've allowed sin in your heart, you've been sowing in the flesh and not sowing in the spirit, today is your day. And God is gonna cause a crop failure of every bad seed that you've sown and he's gonna cause you to reap a harvest that you didn't plant of blessing and of favor and of wisdom and of joy and of healing and of grace. Why? Because he loves you. You don't deserve it, but he loves you. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But just because he's crazy about us, he lets us walk in his favor, in his blessing, in his peace, in his joy, in his healing. So if you're here this morning, you're watching online, and you need to pray and ask God to forgive you, it might be the first time in your life you've ever prayed a prayer like this. It might be the first time in a long time. You, you might have fallen flat on your face a week ago. That's fine. Today you're gonna pray and get back up again and keep moving. That's what we do. When you teach a baby to walk, a little one-year-old, they're, they're just letting go of the coffee table and they're starting to toddle around and they fall over. Does anybody walk up and be like, stupid baby, you should have been running by now. But the church does that, don't we? No. Loving people, we do pick, oh boy, just your boo boo, I kiss you, I hold you, I hug you. And then I'm gonna help you, and I'm gonna lead you, and I'm gonna show you how to walk. So if you were walking with God and you fell, we love you. We'll kiss your boo boo, we'll hold your fingers, and we're gonna show you how to keep walking for Jesus. But it starts with you making that decision. First time, or first time in a long time. You need to pray and get right with God. With every head up and every eye open. I can't see you at home, but I, I almost said I wish I could, but that'd be a little privacy violation. God sees you. I want you to shoot your hand up. Say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. I see your hand, is there anybody else? I see your hand, is there anybody else? Come on, shoot him up, shoot him up. Good, all right. Good. I saw three or four hands pop up, man. What about you at home? You're in there, you're in your apartment, your heart's beating out of your chest because you're like, well, thank God the dude can't see me. God sees you and he loves you and he's crazy about you. And there's three or four, four or five people here that want to get right with God today. Man, I would just shoot your hand up between you and God. Today is your day. He's so proud of you. For you at home and for the four or five hands that have gone up, why don't we all pray this prayer? If you believe it in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I repent and I surrender to you. Not my will, but yours be done. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Father, I'm asking for crop failure, for every seed that I've sown in the flesh. And I thank you, Jesus for your love for me, for adopting me into your family and for giving me a harvest that I did not plant, that I would walk in blessing, faith, health, joy, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Golly, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.